Well, our text today mirrors exactly what your children have been singing all morning about God directing our steps. Now, you may not know this about me, but I got a two-year-old, and I really like to observe her and the steps that she is taking as she is getting a little bit older and a little bit bolder each and every day. And lately, she likes to grab things that are really up high. And I like watching her make these different plans that I can see as her mind is working. She's taking the box of toys and she'll dump it out and she pulls it a little bit over to where she wants to go. And she thinks that she's going to be able to climb right on up and grab what's right there very, very high. And she could ask me and I would go and get it for her. But if she was my firstborn, I would have never even let her get to that point, right? Your firstborn, you immediately run away as soon as you see them doing something, grab them and say, no, that's not okay. But your secondborn, you're like, let's see how this plays out. And you know what happens. You've got kids, most of you, right? They fall, they get hurt, and what do we do at that moment, right? We run right there. We say, I'm here. I'm with you. I love you. We help them pick up the pieces. We hold them very tight, and we say very gently and kindly, you know, if you ever need anything, you can always ask me. I'm going to help you. I'm here, right? We try to teach our little ones that it's okay to need help and that none of us are alone. And the problem with getting older is our presumption of getting beyond that stage in life, the idea that we don't need help or direction anymore. We get to that point when we think we have most things figured out and we have this way forward. We're like uh, Robin Williams in Hook, right? He's so caught up with what he's own doing and what he wants, the life that he's called to. He's forgetting what he's supposed to do. And instead, like him, on our own, we set out to make our own life. Look for our own way forward, and we fill our lives with expectations, with plans. We set our minds and say, this is what I'm doing. This is what is going to happen. This is how it's going to be. This is my life. And we get ever closer to believing that little lie that we are supposed to, we are supposed to do what it is that we want to do. Not the do what you want that our spouse hits us with when we're not supposed to do what we want. The idea that we can follow our heart. That we can seize the day, that thing that, it, you know, we're all just trying to figure it out. So just do whatever makes you happy. That little lie that is creeping into our lives and then posing as this fundamental truth for us. That we can do what we want to do. And yet time and time again, in various ways and for various reasons, we find ourselves in all sorts of trouble. Now, Jeremiah saw trouble coming for his people in Judah. The people had put their trust in made-up false idols of their own design. They had put their trust in their own security. They had put their trust in these high-stakes political maneuvering and alliances that they were making. The people wanted to be in charge of their own lives and their own direction. And they thought that they had sorted out everything and were acting in their very own best interest. And Jeremiah, he knew the word that had come from the Lord and was telling him all along that this is not going to go the way you want it to. How many times throughout this series <laughs> have we looked at how self-reliance combined with what they thought was the right outside reliance brings the people of Judah only death, sorrow, and destruction. And they see that their false gods fail them. The people of Judah watch as their own leaders flee when they're being attacked. The Babylonian army comes, destroys them, and enslaves them. The way of living that they had established for themselves ends in a devastating way with 70 years of captivity to those who survived the destruction. 
And in our text today, this comes right at the very beginning of that. Our text is only two verses today. And Jeremiah, who has seen what is about to happen, seen how the leaders and the people won't listen to what he's trying to get them to do, to turn away from focusing on self and to trust in God, offers this prayer. A short prayer because the way that people had been living needed to change. Jeremiah 10, verses 23 to 24, if you brought your Bibles out, is what we're looking at today. It's an interesting prayer and one of the most profound statements in the Old Testament that we need to continually be praying no matter who we are or what time we are living in. Because for as long as we are seeking to be guided by our own counsels and by what seems good to us, what is easiest and is the least way of resistance As long as we keep deciding to turn away from God and trying to do it on our own, we are destined to frustration and defeat. So here's our text for us this morning. Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. It is not for them to direct their steps. Discipline me, Lord, but only in due measure, not in your anger, or you'll reduce me to nothing. Like I said, Jeremiah had good reason to utter this prayer. His leaders and his nation was about to be destroyed chosen to put their trust in the wrong things, focusing on the wrong things, and living a life that only focused on themselves. And as we look at this prayer, we see that we are reminded of an actual truth, an actual fundamental truth, that people's lives are not their own. Now, this verse is not about destiny, nor is it about doing nothing, or supposed to be doing everything, or somewhere in between. This is a prayer that would offer a completely different way of thinking, one that your children were just singing about. One that isn't saying, I'm going to do my own thing, or one that isn't trying to be in the middle of doing nothing or everything, but a prayer that calls each one of us to put our lives completely in the hands of God. In essence, Jeremiah is praying and saying here that the world and life we live in is broken and is a mess, and I'm tired of it, so God, direct me and correct me. Proverbs says it like this, in our heart we plan our way, but the Lord directs our steps. We, being made in the image of God, think about and plan our own way, but to what end are we planning our own way? Where does our heart want to go? Does it want to focus on our own selves, or does it want to look to the ways of the Lord? We plan as we can, and we should plan, but we should never think that our ability to plan makes us Lord over our own lives, because it is the Lord who directs our steps. Every plan we make, we should hold in humility before God, surrendering it to His Word and His ways. Because when we as humans get to thinking that we've figured it out and can ignore God, things always start going badly. The Apostle Paul talked about this in Romans chapter 1. When people thought they knew better, they rebelled against God, and God allowed them to do that, gave them over to the consequences of that turning away from God and gave them over to their sin and the choices that they made. Now, some choices we make are good, and some choices are bad. And because we can do both good and evil, we get this idea that we are the ones who are in charge. That's why I think we've become so dependent on our nations and the laws to determine what we are and how we should think. We have chosen to exchange a very personal and real God for red or blue or ivory towers or whatever influencer or media voice that we want to hear. 
allowing ourselves to become so blind and so distracted that they have us asking all of the wrong questions so we never have to hear the real answers where virtue and truth and loving God and neighbor become simply words that you could choose, not actions that we must do. We don't have to look very far to see this happening. We see it today where none of us are speaking this coherent language of morality, where we value choice over life, where we prefer profit over human dignity, where we take crime and violence and divorce and we turn it into entertainment and convince ourselves that you either have to be on this side or this side, as long as no one is telling me too much how I'm supposed to live my life. Convinced that the only God of this age is the self what I think, what I want, what is best for me. And now we go so far as to take that idea of self and destroy it. Saying, be whatever you want to be. Identify how you want to. As long as you just keep going along. And we ask ourselves, how well is this turning out? Is this the way of life that we want to give our children? Are we better off because we believe we are in charge of our own lives, our own God? Or are we seeing just pain and misery and suffering abound because of a direct consequence of our choices and behavior? And if you're one of the lucky ones who can say, not me, man, I'm doing good and I'm doing fine. My plans are working. Why would I change? Those people's problems aren't mine. And I'm doing so well that I think I may tear down these barns and build bigger ones because I got so much good stuff going on. And I'm guessing you didn't go through our Luke series with us this summer and recognizing that whether you are a grandparent or a parent or a child, we have a responsibility to one another and always to the least of these. Life was never supposed to be about doing what's best for self. And this isn't a new problem. Jeremiah's people dealt with it. The people in Jesus' time dealt with it. The people of all times will have to deal with this. So here is a prayer that we run face to face against. A prayer with a choice. To continue going our own way or to pray and lay it all down. To admit that we are not good at directing our own steps and that we desire something more out of this life. And in the quietness of this prayer, we do not hear an angry voice that says, I told you so. We don't hear an angry voice that says, first taste my wrath. Instead, we hear a gentle whisper that invites us to follow him. We hear the voice of Jesus saying, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. A voice that says, take my hand and learn from me. A voice that resurrects our broken spirits and replaces it with love that speaks a peace inside of us and outside of us. 
For Jesus is the shepherd of our souls who takes us to his pastors, to his waters, who has left the 99 to come and find the one who had been lost, who's so focused on looking at themselves and chooses to grab them and brings them close. This isn't about finding some strength to ask God to give you the power to go and accomplish your desires. This is about finding rest and grace and peace at the very feet of Jesus of entrusting your life to him, of finding truth, of being freed from the expectations and the pressure and the worry to trust that God truly is determining our steps. And to know that truth is what sets you free. That your life, the one that God gave you, is valued and cherished by him. That God knows you and is going before you and is beside you. And that no matter what comes along the way, he is for you and is always with you. He is not in the business of driving people away from him, but is calling all people to himself. He says to those who are burdened, who have put the burdens of self-sufficiency on ourselves, who have been trying to shoulder it all through all of the things that have been happening, and he calls us to come to him the one that always leads the way for us, invites us and says, follow me. As the band comes and makes their way back up here, friends, we have to come as disciples to learning at the feet of Jesus. We have to be willing to be guided by his yoke, his cross, not so that we can receive something and then be on our own again sent off. The ancient Jews looked at the idea of yoke to express your obligation, the yoke of the nation, the yoke of the law, the yoke of the command, the yoke of repentance, the general yoke of life. But in this context, your Jesus is saying, come to me, forget about all those other yokes and trust in me to lead you and guide you, to be the voice that you hear. I'm not going to call you to a lazy or an indulgent life. There will be things that you must bear and burdens that you will carry. That's called life. But with me, with Jesus, the steps to walk in his ways becomes easy because the demand he makes is light. The demand, he says, is to be in relationship with me and to experience loving God and loving others. Experience having a heart. For it is at the heart of God that he takes your burdens and gives you rest and gives you pace. Jesus was called Emmanuel, which means God with us. That name is a promise from God to you. A promise that God has given each one of us in our baptism. The promise of blessing that says, I choose you. I will never lose you. You are mine. I'm with you. I love you. So if you find yourself tired of trying to pull things up and grab something that's so far beyond your reach in the scheming and the ways of life, Jesus invites you to trust in him that he is directing you, that he loves you, that he is with you. And if you don't see the way forward, that that's okay because your eyes are fixed on Jesus.
going to pray for just a second, and then we're going to sing this song that is about receiving the blessing of Jesus, to recognize that not only does God promise to love me, but he promises to love my children and the children and the children after. Generation to generation, your God is faithful to you. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. Your way is better than our ways. So fill us with your spirit, with your grace. We need your grace, Lord Jesus, to walk in you. You have not looked down at the brokenness of this world and pointed the finger at us and said, hey, this is on you. You did this to yourself. Instead, you entered into our mess. And you pull us right out of the mud and the muck and the filth. You take us by the hand and say, I am with you. Follow me and walk with me. And it is there, Jesus, in your arms, walking with you, guided by your word and trusting in your promises that we experience peace and rest for our souls. So help us to cast off the self-sufficiency that we feel. Help us to trust in you deeply. For you are with us always. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.